Welcome to Legacy Sport Live, the podcast series where we share the stories of the people who are shaping the conversation at the intersection of sport, business, and purpose. I'm Neil Duffy, author of our new book, Legacy Sport, how to win at the business of sport in the age of social good. Today, I talk with Anne-Cecile Turner, who shares the backstory on the ocean race and its racing with purpose strategy. It's a perfect example of how a global sports property has embraced the concept of addressing an environmental issue as its central organizing idea, and how this is driving the event's success at every level. So with us today is Anne-Cecile Turner, and, um, and it's great to have you with us. Um, you know, I, I think I'm on record of as having said that I think the ocean race is one of the quintessential purpose properties that's around um, today, um, and you've had a big role to play in that. So thank you for the work you're doing. Congratulations. Um, I'd be interested to really take you right back to the beginning when you first started working with, with, with what was then called the Volvo Ocean Race, um, and take us through some of the discussions that were happening uh, in the C-suite around um, how this event could be more purposeful and use purpose as a strategic business driver? Well, the, um, the initial thought was that um, the sport event could go well beyond sport and it could be a real platform for change um, using the voice that the sport has to actually engage all the stakeholders. Because the beauty of sport is that uh, it's talking to a lot of different people and um, we are talking to the kids, we're talking to the governments, to the cities, to academia, to different types of stakeholders. And um, the idea was, of course, to use the sport as a, an exciting driver to talk about a more wider subject, which was, in our case, obviously the ocean and its preservation. And, and there must have been an in, in, those must have been interesting conversations um, because, I mean, that would, would be, what, like seven, eight years ago? When you started that? Yes, it was um, in, 20, in 2017. Um, so, the, well, in, in fact, it was a year before 2016 when we really started. And uh, yes, it was, as you said, very interesting discussions and conversations. At the time, you know, people were not really aware, certainly not as much as today, uh, on the issue of sustainability, the issue of purpose, and the benefits of it. Um, so, um, there was, um, you know, a lot of convincing to make, um, specifically in, the, in our science program, I would say, because the science program, uh, we had to, um, ask some skippers to, um, carry additional weight on board. And that's, um, not a given for a sailing race, which where, where people are trying to, you know, cut the toothbrush to gain weight. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it was a very successful program, and now everybody is really understanding the value and the content and uh, the benefits, not only for the ocean, but also for the community. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. So that, that program involved collecting um, data, uh, during, using the boats to collect data during the race around the, the uh, state of ocean health, correct? So the idea was, in fact, the boats of the, um, what is now called the ocean race are going in the most remote places in areas where certainly sailing, traditional 
I mean scientific expeditions can't go. So um, the idea that the, was that the boat could carry scientific device to study the ocean, study its, its um, sea surface temperature, salinity, and we also had uh, microplastic sampling on board. And uh, we came up uh, to the conclusion, I mean, it was really helpful for the scientific community to use the sailboats as a platform for observation, but it was also very helpful for um, the media, because as soon as we were landing uh, or arriving uh, at every stopover, uh, we had a lot of media attention about, you know, what the, the amount of plastic pollution. Uh, we managed to create a global map of microplastic concentration, and we've managed to understand a little bit more the, the status uh, of the endangered ocean. Yeah, truly, truly amazing. Um, so if we, if we uh, shift focus a little bit now and talk about, um, you know, sustainability from an operational perspective, um, I'm sure that that must have also presented you with some, some headaches early on in terms of trying to figure out, you know, how do you reduce the environmental footprint, increase the social impact of a, an event that lasts for so many months and visits so many different parts of the world? Talk, talk to us a little bit about that and, and what are some of the key features of that program? So, of course, you can't uh, use your voice and put the house in order if you don't um, walk the talk. So, we actually took the, the initiative to have parallel um, programs. One that was, um, you know, communicating about the issue uh, through the platforms and creating programs for that. Um, and the second one was, of course, putting the house in order. So, we did... Um, find a great partnership with 11th Hour Racing and uh, they soon, they then have been joined with, uh, by additional partners such as Blue Water um, and Volvo Cars of course helped us as well to actually help us to find the team and, um, and the team um, was professional experts in sustainability who understood ISO 2012-1, the GRI, all the technical uh, areas. So then we took a picture of the situation understanding all the, the impacts, you know, we're calculating absolutely everything from the waste, from water, from energy. Um, and along the way, we are reducing and optimizing. And uh, it was quite mind-blowing in terms of results because we managed to uh, reduce by 85% of sing our single-use plastic across all the, the race, uh, simply by optimizing uh, our um, supply chain, uh, the way we are buying, by encouraging all our stakeholders to do so as well in host cities. So obviously the communication aspect is also uh, very important. It's not only in terms of communication, it's also engaging uh, all the stakeholders in the journey. So the, um, if we talk a little bit about the partners, you mentioned some of the partners that you worked with there. So how did this work from a, from a commercial perspective? Um, was this, you know, was the decision to embrace a sustainable approach to how you deliver your operation and how you how you leverage the event for good was that a, taken as a kind of uh, um, was it treated as a cost center or was it treated as a way to bring new partners into the into the fold? Well, at the beginning, um, the program was um, a small risk for the organization, paying some fees for consulting the strategy, and then uh, partners came on board to actually help us to uh, deliver the program. And uh, we did it uh, in a parallel manner. So it was not only, I often hear that we need to put the house in order first 
before talking about any kind of sustainability initiative. And I think, in fact, uh, our partners are happy to join us along the way and help us to uh, deliver the reductions uh, of the impact. So for the first time in the race, um, partners managed to uh, join during the race uh, to expand the sustainability program and make sure that the, the impact was there. But it was definitely a very strong commercial value and a, a very strong impact value. And that's what we're, we're selling and communicating about, of course. Right, right. Um, and uh, you also put a, uh, a team on the water, didn't you, as part of the overall strategy? So UN Environment, um, we had a partnership with them and they were launching their campaign called uh, Clean Seas, Turn the Tide on Plastic. And for us, it was a perfect uh, call to action to the campaign we were launching around plastic pollution. So we decided um, at, the, at the time um, there was a, a campaign coming up and then we decided to have that name on the boat as a call to action, as a real uh, driver for change. And it was a great campaign because it was not only about environmental purpose and issues, it was also uh, a female skipper, Dika Fari, and a, and, a, and a crew and a team composed by half of um, mixed gender and, uh, and a very young uh, team as well. So promoting the values of inclusion and diversity uh, with an environmental message, which adding a lot of purpose to the brand uh, was really a, a successful campaign. You know, it was really a way to use the ambassadors and the sailors who are the first witness of the pollution to actually uh, engage others. And now Dick Ferry is the president of a World Sailing Trust. So um, I think we've, we've started a good, um, a good movement and a good campaign with them. And um... Yeah, so, so many different themes that have been woven into what you were delivering. And in terms of how you interacted with the locals, the cities that you stopped over, that the race stopped over and along the way, how did you engage them in, 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 in being additive to your story and additive to what you were trying to deliver? That was a big challenge, I have to tell you, because uh, we were reaching 12 host cities from um, completely different cultures, Sweden, Hong Kong, Brazil, the U.S., so you can imagine how difficult it is. And also we went um, with that program a bit uh, late. So nothing was planned in the contract signed with the host cities, which is now something we, we have changed already, which is a great uh, input from, from last edition. And um, it's thanks to the, the, the constant motivation and work of the team and that we're engaging systematically with every uh, stakeholders at the host cities. Sometimes the main difficulty was we didn't have anybody to talk to because there was nobody identified as a specialist or the knowledge person. So we had to create a very creative solutions to engage uh, everyone. We even had to do a, a sustainable event um, conference in, in uh, Hong Kong to engage all the food vendors, all the local NGOs, all the academia locally to explain them what we wanted to achieve and, um, and uh, help them to actually deliver uh, a single-use plastic-free um, event. And since then, I've heard a lot of feedback that uh, you know, in Hong Kong, they're not organizing events the same way as before. We've, we've shown the way, we've shown it was possible, and then, uh, and then they, they, they followed that path. So it was, um, it's a very, very important uh, area. And uh, for the next edition of the race, we're working on it a lot 
to uh, visit the host cities before, to uh, discuss with all the stakeholders, to explain what we want to do, to discuss really in a collaborative manner as well. We want, just don't want to impose, uh, we want to um, help grow the knowledge and uh, deliver in partnership uh, a much more sustainable event. Mm. So, so that's a good segue into the next edition of the race. So lots of changes, um, different ownership structure, different name, um, but from what I can see, the same vision. Um, I, love, I love your byline, Racing With Purpose. I think it's, um, I, I wish I'd thought of that. Um, <laughs> t- tell us about the, the, what you're working on now and how that's going to evolve from uh, what you did first time around. I mean, it has, I would say, transformed the ocean race because now sustainability is completely integrated within the organization. Uh, up to the point that the look and feel and the brand um, uh, work that has been done by the marketing team integrated completely the notion of circularity and the new logo integrates the the round circle of circularity um, and um, I'm now part of the management team I have a team of uh, 10 people working full-time in between the races so the races uh, the race for sustainability hasn't stopped, even though the race for the sports, sportive race has stopped. And um, we're taking every th- level of the program to the next level. Uh, so we're launching a s- secondary school program. Um, so we, we're going to uh, replicate the primary program in the um, uh, languages of the host cities that will be, will be unveiled very, very soon. Uh, we're launching a secondary school program. Uh, we're launching a series of ocean race summits, 12 ocean race summits across the world uh, that are also aligned. Um, and we're adding to the ocean race summits innovation workshops. So those are industry-led innovation workshops, which are basically a, a solutions exchange platform to not only promote, inspire, and amplify, but really work and create uh, roadmaps for action. Uh, we had our first one in Genoa in Italy, where we did uh, sustainable boat building, for example, and sustainable textile and fashion, uh, where we focused on the issue of microfiber in the ocean. And these two workshops um, made us, um, uh, helped us to create a, a professional roadmap that will help to reduce the environmental impact of the uh, uh, microfiber leakage in partnership with Heli Hansen, our partner, and the Second one was uh, made for the sustainable boat building industry. And uh, we've seen that initiative is um, uh, an incitation to collaborate with all the other ones working on that subject. So if we can just talk about that for a second. So um, the boats are all single design, correct? This edition of the race will have two classes. Two one classes. is one design. One is um, an, open, an open design, let's say. So it's a lot more open to innovation. It's, okay. it's foiling with the EmoCare class. And are you, so are you, are you placing requirements on the teams in terms of the expectations of the, the way that they approach the, build of the, the design and build of their boats? So that, because obviously there's a huge, huge footprint associated with, with building boats. Is that part of Ab- your focus? Absolutely. And we actually have already integrated in the notice of race two elements one is um, all the boats will have to have renewable en- a minimum of 30 percent of renewable energy on board um, and the second one is that every boat will um, uh, potentially carry a scientific device uh, so it's not going to be limited it's going to be expanded 
to the whole fleet for this time. Um, and uh, for all the other areas where we're not necessarily having all the solutions, such as the composite uh, material, the, the end of life of the boat, uh, all the waste uh, happening in, in the boat building industry, we have this workshop to help us identify the best practice, what's feasible, what's not, and how can we um, des design, and that's the, the outcome of the workshop, defined by 2025, an industry accreditation standard where everybody can look in the same direction, uh, reducing its impact and improving the circularity of the, of the building mm. of the boat. So, that, so that's great because what, that's, what that signals is that your intentions are to not only take care of your own um, actions, but also to influence the way that others that you interface with um, behave, which I think is also exactly. great progress. Exactly. I mean, we, the outcome of the, all the work is it can't stop uh, within our own boundaries. And uh, everything we do is open source. Our education program is available for free online. The scientific data collected are contributing to the global database of information. Uh, alongside the scientific community and I see within the sailing world lots of collaboration and lots of collaborative groups being created whether it's uh, sailing and science uh, with GCOMOPS um, in Brest, whether it's um, La Vague who's creating a collective uh, of skippers in Brittany in France to really you know understand and, and integrate sustainability in the boat building industry as well. And we are giving all the results of the workshops to this group. We are actually going to participate into their next workshop um, in March to um, assess a more structured way to collaborate uh, and, um, and accelerate change because that's where we are now. We need to do that fast. Mm -hmm. What else is happening this year? So you started talking about the science program before I started interrupting you. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the science program is, uh, is something that has had a lot of success last time and i uh, i know that uh, you know i had to fight as you said uh, sometimes the journey was not uh, an easy one i had to fight against um, the status quo i had to fight against the you know business as usual i had to fight against the you know the technology sometimes who is preventing us from being able to do so so now we're studying what kind of data we're going to collect but uh, the minimum will be the same type of data which is great is that all the boats will be equipped. So we, one single um, uh, rule in the notice of race, uh, we have an influence across the whole fleet, which is good. And it's done in partnership with the sailors as well to make sure that it's absolutely you know, feasible within the, their boundaries and technical boundaries. And we're creating a scientific advisory board uh, and a scientific consortium. And the idea this time is to use that scientific data influence behavior change. So we're going to have an innovation workshop uh, specifically on that with the best in change behavior specialists. Uh, and the idea is the data is doesn't stay in the scientific world, but is used for a bigger purpose and to influence change across all our program. It could be across uh, education, across um, the race village visitors. And we are also planning to have a great um, sustainability race village experience where people not only understand there's an issue but also uh, um, feel empowered in acting themselves in solving the issue so it's a it's a fascinating journey because now we're not um, anymore on the awareness level we are really in the understanding what triggers change within an individual or within an organization and how can we help facilitate that 
in a, in, in a great and positive manner because it's not the doom and gloom we believe that makes things change a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and partners um, will continue to play a big role, 11th Hour Racing and others. 11th Hour Racing is a fantastic partner because, I mean, I'm not saying that because it's a partner. I'm saying that because it's the truth. They've followed us and supported us as a premier founding partner. And now they are, you know, supporting the whole team. And, uh, and uh, they're a great sounding board as well because their own objective is the purpose and the added value. Adding value. Added value we are um, pushing across the whole organization. Um, and uh, I have to say in terms of sponsorship and commercial uh, aspects, the sustainability, I'm more and more uh, asked in the commercial meetings because sustainability is appearing, I would say, 90% of the time uh, that there is a discussion because we have such a strong program. I mean, I think the world of sport, as you know, is, um, is awakening to that. A lot of people want to do it, but we have done it. And that's, that's where, you know, it's really creating um, credible, measured and tangible results that people want to get associated with. And we also have Blue Water as a partner. And it's not only a partner that gives money. It's a partner that with the products is helping to reduce our plastic uh, consumption. And uh, that's the kind of partnership we're looking for. So um, we also have a, a new sponsorship strategy where we're thinking ecosystem of brands that could be working together, not only to communicate, not only to put a logo somewhere uh, in the race, but also to, to drive down the impact and to uh, use the race as a showcase for uh, you know, sustainable innovation. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a great place to be. So if I was to summarize what I hear you say, it seems like you've embedded a purpose at the heart of your organization. It affects everything you do from the way that you operate, the way you engage with your stakeholders, the way that you communicate, um, the way that you fund the event, um, and that it's driving your success. Absolutely. It's absolutely a great, uh, great summary. And um, we are now working, the race will start in October 2021, and we're now working um, to design the campaign. So last time it was UN Environment with Clean Seas, and now I, I feel that Ocean Health has a, has a bigger pur purpose in terms of um, people start to understand the role of the ocean, the fact that we don't know much about the ocean, but it plays a crucial role in human life, even if you live in a city, in the desert, or in the forest, it gives you half of the oxygen you breathe. And, um, and the ocean race is willing to contribute to the understanding of the value of the ocean and the need to preserve it and give stakeholders uh, the ways to accelerate its uh, restoration. If I was to ask you to sum up in one sentence what the ocean race's purpose was, and Cecile, how, how would you frame that? So our vision is to, uh, be a, um, the ocean race vision is uh, accelerate ocean health restoration. Excellent. I'm so glad to hear you say it because it never ceases to amaze me when you speak to the majority of sports properties, they'll say, no, our purpose is to win an event or to put on a great event. Or, um, so it's great to hear you lead with a purpose of making the world a better place by delivering a great event. Because um, that's, I've fully endorsed that that model and that approach. So, just with the the last couple of minutes that we have, um, if we project forward to 2030, you know, every, we know there's a huge focus on the sustainable development goals that's starting to emerge um, 
not only in uh, you know in sport but across the world what would your advice be to um sports properties sponsors athletes that are out there that are thinking that they like they might like to embark upon this journey of purpose and whatever it is that they do but um i'm not quite sure how to go about it so i think it's um you know you first look not only inside but outside as well because a lot is um happening uh, already uh, so no need to reinvent the wheel you know there's a lot of knowledge that is completely transferable and that's what we we are intending to do as well with the ocean race and this uh, uh, knowledge we're gaining you know because the bigger purpose is really um, the sustainability achievement so reducing our impact improve the life of our people uh, and making economic sense of all this but um, uh, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Just uh, uh, look at like the organizations such as Sensi, Sports and Sustainability International. I'm, I'm part uh, of the organization, um, and they are gathering the world of sport to actually provide um, tools and, and platforms to collaborate. Uh, then take a picture of your organization. Look at your values. Look at the reason why you do that. Involve the management because if the top management is not engaged, uh, it's never going to work uh, at the scale and at the speed that we need and uh, use professionals where in the areas where you don't have you know the skills and uh, the, the expertise in-house uh, with the best uh, I would say events criteria or sustainable events criteria because we need all to be you know professional in, in our in the, in the way we deliver uh, in the way we are using our events to actually make things change um, and also the last point would be engage your partners and your stakeholders along the way. Don't wait to be perfect because today nobody's perfect and there's a long way to go. So engage them along the way from the start. Well, great advice. And Cecile, thank you so much. It's been a fascinating half an hour. And um, again, thank you for the work that you and your colleagues at the Ocean Race, for the work that you guys do. Uh, you're an inspiration to the industry and um, don't stop. Keep pushing and setting, setting new barriers um, for us all to chase. You can count on me on that. Thank you so much. You can read more about the Ocean Race and many other purposeful sports properties, sponsorships, athletes and non-profits in our new book, Legacy Sport. How to win at the business of sport in the age of social good. You can also subscribe to the podcast series at the same address, www.legacysport.com. Thank you for listening.